Hey everybody, this is episode 21 of Tandem Podcast. For this episode, I traveled to Austin, Texas to ride with some of the locals down there, including Andy Koch, Theo Kodik, Matt Ogle, and a lot of other people I've never heard of, but they had a really good scene there, and it was it was a really good vibe. Uh, Theo and Andy live together, so I recorded this episode where I was staying with them in their backyard around a fire pit, and uh, everybody else was there, and this is a little bit different than recordings I've done before. The one in New York and the one in Minnesota, I it, it wasn't like a sort of like studio setup recording when I did those episodes, but I was hand-holding the microphone and had it near um, their face when they were talking, so the recordings were pretty clean. And for this one, I was recording, you know, five people sitting around a fire pit. So the microphone remained in one place because I wanted to get uh, sort of that atmospheric sound. And I think it worked out pretty good. I had to do some tweaking to the audio um, to get people's voices to uh, pick up a little bit more. But I, I just want to keep experimenting with uh, different ways of recording this. So, yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. And uh, they had a lot of good insight because they're starting a new company called Brother Scooters. And it's pretty ambitious because they're just doing it on the side uh, and it's so much work. But it's all pretty exciting. So here it is, my talk with all the Austin guys. We come from all sorts of people. Family line. When we together, we like to lose our minds. Well, don't mess with me, cause she'll mess with you, and we'll give you help before we turn you loose. Rolling deep, family. Dylan, thank you for having us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank it's you been for a real pleasure, us. my friend. Thank you for inviting us into your living room. It's yeah. been a pleasure, but we have to go. Very cozy. This fire in your living room is great. Yeah. It's really warming the hearth. All right. Um, who do who do you think would be best? I, I want you guys to like describe the Austin scooter scene because nobody people know all of you guys are in Austin scootering, but I, I don't think they understand like what you guys have going. At least from what I've seen from it. Like yeah, like rider wise. Well, like, because, like, Andy and Theo live together, you know, so it's, like, like, it, it's, it's, I mean, I guess that's what you're trying to do with Brother, like, it's not, you guys just, like, don't ride together on a Saturday and a Sunday, like, you do other things together, you know what I mean? Right. So, um, so sort of, like, set the stage for people with, with how the scene is in Austin with you guys, and, like, also everybody else who rides, and then all the other stuff you guys do. Yeah, I'll start that one off just because, uh, so I moved to Austin in 2013, 2012, end of 2012. Um, so I graduated college and got a job at Dell. And that's kind of, in my opinion, how the Austin scene, uh, Austin scene started picking up. Mm. Um, I rode in shortly after, I met like Austin Haley, who was one of the first Austin riders that I met. Um, younger dude um, 
and then from there, kind of like Theo got recruited after that, and Andy is the newest, so I would say, of like the like legitimate riders that are known and kind of establishing Austin as a scene. Yeah. So I would say at a high level, that's the timeline of it. Um, and then you've got like smaller riders. Like, of course, Austin has a scene. It's small right now. Dallas, I would say Dallas was the biggest city in Texas first that established itself as like loaded with scooter riders. And Austin, we have a community, but it's small. There's like 20, 30 riders locally that are, you know, like pretty good. And you maybe have 50 total that just exist mm-hmm. with five that are known, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, what do you guys think? Do you have any? Uh, well, Theo and I actually met in Dallas in like, what, what would you say? Like 2010? 2008 or nine? Eight or nine. Yeah. Something like that. And we rode in... Uh, made videos together here and there but then i think right when theo moved to a and m he he went he was in the austin area around that time i would say would you, when, would you agree with that <clears throat> yeah 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 i'd say that's right yeah so uh, that's when i started visiting austin a lot more frequently and just because it's a lot closer than dallas is dallas it's about a three-hour drive and then college station where texas a&m was and i was going to school was about an hour and a half away from austin yeah. so i'd make trips more frequently out here especially after matt moved out here mm-hmm. so matt's matt's definitely spot on when he says he's the he's he's kind of the founding father of the austin scene in a way i would say you know before that it was probably just uh you know smattering of kids that had scooters <laughs> or were riding around and you know maybe just were trying to feel their way through whatever they were doing i guess yeah. <laughs> i don't know how to describe that because but. you guys seem like you were so spread out and then it's like you kind of like naturally like everything came to the city and do you think that was for like i mean obviously like all you guys work at dell so you work for the same company but how much was it with just like being able to get good careers or like just kind of having like a group mentality of wanting to be in the same place and do something with scootering. Was that, how much of a factor was that? That's yeah, that's so, a great question. Yeah, yeah that's a that's that kind of great question. Role, because, because like, you know, it's like all you guys, like it, I'm, I'm assuming like you had to drive like an hour or two, right? To ride with each other previously because right. you guys were yeah, like yeah. kind of spread out. Yeah. And that now you guys are all here. So like, yeah. did you think about that? Or was it just kind of yeah. like, oh, well, we're all gonna Awesome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll take I'll take that one. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely that was definitely a big part of it. Was just, I mean, there there was a concerted effort to get everyone in, into Austin, you know, and uh, we didn't even get everyone here that we wanted yet. But, I mean, we yeah, before we were driving, you know, Matt grew up in Houston and then was going to school in Waco the same time I was going to school in College Station. So you're talking, you know. College Station to Waco, about an hour. College Station to Houston, about an hour. And then, you know, everything's everything's fairly spread out in Texas. But we we would meet up and ride occasionally after after we had met up. Just, I mean, I met Matt randomly at my local skate park up in Dallas in Louisville, at Louisville Skate Park. And uh, just happened to be riding there the same day as him while I was back from school on break. And uh, we, and, you know, was like, oh, there's another person that's not, you know, or that's similar to my age, I guess, riding a scooter. That that must be somebody I know. And then on closer inspection, it was definitely Matt Ogle, who, <laughs> whose videos I had seen yeah. on Scooter Resource growing up, you yeah. know, just like riding in Houston, the Houston OG. And uh, 
and I was like, okay, do you know, I'm going to go up and introduce myself. And we just like struck up a friendship from there. And like, we visited each other a few times when we were still in school and then Matt moved to Austin. And by the time I was about ready to graduate and trying to figure out my next step or whatever, uh, I was like, you know, applying for jobs and it literally, it just popped into my mind kind of as an afterthought almost because Austin was a fairly normal place for me to go to at that point. I was like, oh, I should apply for some jobs in Austin. I was kind of looking around Texas, you know, working with just people that companies with that had people working at them that I knew so I could potentially have a foot in the door, you know. And uh, so I hit up Matt and he was like, yeah, man, you should definitely apply for Dell. And I was like, yeah, I'm looking for a sales job. Uh, I'll see if there's anything open. I applied for a job, he gave me a recommendation, and I interviewed and then got a job with Dell, which was amazing and uh, a blessing. And I, uh, from there I was like, you know, I had that offer and then another offer that would have taken me to Houston. And it was kind of a combination of factors of like, okay, if I move to Austin, Matt and I are gonna be roommates, because we had already kind of talked about that, just like, hey, let's room together if, if I move to Austin, if I get this job. and. Uh, and then the other option was move to Houston or, you know, live with some other friends that I knew from school. Mm. And I, I was like, moving to Austin, living, you know, living with a guy who scooters and is really good. And I can kind of keep that, that part of my life going, you know, and then have a good job too. It was like no brainer, to be yeah. honest. I think that was kind of the biggest part of it was that no one in, in Texas at all and still really had committed to making like a scene to had committed to making like a group of writers that you know and, and it's really just Theo and I now Andy but um no one had tried to make that happen and that had been my life like more or less like I'd had multiple crews growing up yada yada um but you know Theo taking that risk because he had a couple other job offers that at the time might have even seemed better but he chose to come to Austin like yeah because you know Dell's a great company but also to keep like you said keep that passion going for scootering and keep that involvement going and have you know the potential to build something and start something in Austin and that's I think that's kind of what we're currently doing you know Andy has come on board now and so we kind of have like more of a crew at this point and again we have locals like I can shout them all out but it's like you know Austin Haley being the OG we've got Alan Nicholson and then we've got uh, multiple others like Josh Fuller's moved in Corey Van Lee's moved, moved Woods. in Connor Woods like you know more writers that are committed are are coming here and I think that that's you know, now that's starting to birth this, um, what, what I hope to be is um, a movement that will be in Austin or just in Texas in general. Like one of my goals really, or like one of my passions uh, of doing like brother scooters, which we'll get to, but is to just make Texas a more prominent state for scooter riding. It's just very diverse. There's no crews. There's no, you know, there's a couple <clears throat> known riders, but there's no known crews. There's no known entities like that, that exist here outside of the Austin, you know, street jam slash crew. Um, so that's, I guess that's my take on it. Yeah. Uh, well, and then I followed with Theo. Uh, I was in Lubbock, which was six hours west of Dallas. And I went to school there for five, five and a half years. And I almost quit scootering, to be honest, mm. because I, would, I wouldn't have anyone to actually scooter with for, the, for that period of time. And uh, coincidentally, that was like... Uh, a weird time because I was somewhere new like not really screwing with anybody but when I would go on breaks I would usually go to Austin choose to go to Austin just because it was the destination at that point like Theo and Matt were both really welcoming uh, at their at their houses and apartments let me stay and especially for street jams like the, like the first few were, were really gnarly 
Um, but yeah, no, it was more of a destination, and like over time, uh, I was about to, I was grad just recently actually. I was always talking about, hey, what if I moved here? We could all live in the house together. Like you know, obviously wishful thinking at the time, but you know, I would have to graduate, and then I would have to uh, get a job, and then like find like just all these things putting together. But if we did that, we could scooter all the time. It, yeah. it would be, it was like the the one thing that really stuck everyone together is that we could keep doing this and like live it every single day by choice. You know, a lot of kids grow up and have their scooter crews just because they're relatively close to each other. But I feel like Texas is just so widespread all the time. And once you figure out that someone's scootering and that's like also committed and in our, and like, you know, getting older and through life, they're kind of like seeing the same things, but at the same time, they still have that spark of, of creativity that scootering really brings. I mean, of course I'm gonna do that. So I applied, I interviewed, and I came out here like multiple times last summer. He got the job. And then I also work at Dell now. So uh, Theo and I see each other quite often at work. And it's just, it's so surreal at this point. Cause we always thought about like, getting everyone together you know ye years ago shoot right. we know each other so so and, and let so it be known too that it's all happened through references like yeah i got my i got my job honestly through my dad more or less yeah <laughs> theo got his job like like a part you know like 25 percent because i referenced him and he got his job because theo and i referenced andy yeah so, <laughs> so like double, come on mike get your ass over here <laughs> the double knockout man it was so cool yeah um but yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's kind of weird. Uh, now it's, it, it's, it's very real, and we get to do it whenever, we get the scooter whenever we want, and I'm really happy that they're kind of manifesting this, this vibe that they have of scootering together, uh, kind of not thinking about anything else and kind of manifesting it into a company, into mm -hmm. Brother, and that's something that everyone can put, equally put their energy into. And that's, I, I, I mean, like, don't, like, uh, this is probably what what I believe Brother Scooters is going to is just that beacon for Texas, kind of like don't worry, like this is like even though the state's so big, like we can all still come together, and like no matter where we come from or you know how old we are or whatever, we have this common interest which is scootering, and like you know like wherever you can go in the in the state or even the country, if you scooter, then like you're kind of like I get it. We put you up in my house you know you can kind of uh discover my area like we, we all travel and scootering and stuff like that um but texas is so big that it's kind of like once once you know that there's this gathering of people and it's kind of getting a lot of buzz it would it was something that was really cool and kind of a no-brainer to, to be a part of so now i still feel like a kid every single day just because i'm still getting to do the thing I love doing um, with my friends even till this till right now like it was something I was doing in middle school and high school and I still you know can do it with my friends and that's that's what really want, uh, made me come here I mean more than more so than a job the job's great and I get to kind of professionally bounce off of these guys at the same time which is uh, also another cool thing I get to do but at the, at the end of the day we all know each other because of scootering and that's so wild to me that i can move my life progress it forward 
thanks to Scooter mm-hmm. indirectly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, directly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Well, I feel like you even touched on an interesting point there that I feel like in Texas especially, but maybe even in the scootering world as a whole, I feel like everyone faces this decision at some point in their lives with like, okay, do I want to go all in on scootering or do I want to like go all in on like, you know, having a job, choosing a professional path or whatever. And I think all of our perspectives were just like, wait, why can't you just do both? <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah. and that was kind of the decision that we made. And, you know, whether it's right or it's wrong, it, it certainly had its challenges because, you know, we're working five days a week, you know, eight to five every day. And it's, uh, you know, it's it's certainly a grind at times, but, and, and, it, and it can be difficult to muster up the will to go scooter at the end of the day. But essentially the decision that we all kind of made independently, but then also kind of together at the same time was, like we want to do both of these things. Scootering is an important part of what we do and who we are, and it's it's created you know it's formed so many awesome friendships and it's given us so many experiences that we're super thankful for and we value to the point where we want to keep doing it even though we we've graduated from college and we're like you know the theoretical next step in this you know kind of like just kind of cliche you know path of life is just like go to college and then get a job after that and then you know whatever family and kids after that you know we're we're kind of we're kind of doing both at the same time which is interesting it's almost like an experiment (laughs) i honestly think that um i don't know if it's cliche or whatever but i think we're we're trying to pioneer something like even though like people think that there's life after scooting like no it can (laughs) it can be at the same time as your life if you Uh do it right yeah. Yeah, yeah like you can keep this going and then giving you know hope to kids that like kind of i've been doing this for so long like what do i do now like i can't be a professional scooter rider so i feel like i'm a failure like no dude like you're you're just as special as everyone else that's like trying to scooter like you deserve to do it but you also have to be responsible and kind of lead your life into the the right way to you know sustain yourself you got to like support yourself but that doesn't mean like that doesn't think you uh, make you have to like think less about the thing that you love doing mm-hmm. out of like yeah. you know the passion that you have. It's scootering is just like a weird thing, and if you love it, that's awesome and like that's it's very gratifying. I've learned a lot of lessons from scootering, you know, and you know I, I just feel like just saying like oh I'm too old and then kind of abandoning it uh, at this point in my life. I feel like I'm not I haven't learned anything if I do that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can your bones creak or whatever when you get older and you get in a lot of pain. But shoot, like, you see park sharks, the knee pads, at the bowls on Sunday mornings. <laughs> they love sharks. it. They love it. Yeah. it, it, it we, all, we all see them. And you're like, man, I can't believe people are skating for that long. Like, you can do it, man. You can scooter for this long. And it's like, just because you're older, like, doesn't, like, it does, you shouldn't think any differently. You really lose your your childlike wonder and creativity if you give, give all of that time and effort that you put into it. You kind of give it up, you know, and, and think less of it at this point. And I've I've really taken uh, taken a lot of uh, gratitude for, or I, I take a lot of, or give a lot of gratitude for scootering, just because of all everything that I've learned from it. So yeah. How much of a factor do you guys think that having a real life community? keeping you motivated through adult life, like keeping you interested in scootering plays versus there's an enormous 
virtual community, but what is the importance of having the the real life community that you guys have? Take us, Jay. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Sounds right up your alley. Yeah, I mean it is. Um, I think, I mean, here's my view on it. Like, I'm pretty old school, and I'm past. Like, I'm not past my prime, but I'm at a point where it's like. I want to do this forever. I've been riding forever, and I don't ever want to stop. I want to, I want to ride till I die. And it's always been community. We've always made videos. We've always been connected. It's like we've never been outside of social media. Like we love, like, when I two years after I first started, like we created this thing called Scooter Insanity. We we're, you know, that's and since then, 2004 onwards, um, I've been making videos and been a part of that. But it's never been about that. Like that's the documentation of the actual times yeah, which yeah. were the, the memories mm -hmm. so to me that's the whole point the whole point is that I personally my passion my interest and my joy outside of you know the normal parts of life life and whatever that you have to offer in your life um, that's what brings me joy so getting to, to do that and hang out with my homies and progress and take a uh, you know a hobby and continue to progress it as, as long as I can, as long as my body will hold up. Um, if I get to do that with friends and in community, like to me, that is more important than anything. So, you know, to me, that's the driving factor. It's like, how long can I keep this ball rolling? Because I know if I was alone, I wouldn't be riding as much. That's just yeah. the way it is at this point in my life. Like, yeah. I think it's crucial that um, it's kind of it kind of goes hand in hand with what we're trying to do here with brother. But it's like. I want to, again, have some sort of localized central point in Texas where the scene can develop and people know they can go to the city if they want to ride forever, whether that be they're committed to riding or they're you know trying to do a job and ride, whatever their long-term goals are. They can come here and there is a community of people. Um, I'm not fully answering your question. Like, to be honest, I don't have much to say on the social media, on the virtual you know, side of scootering because to me, that's just kind of pat. I, I was never, that was never what it was about. Like we had the scooter resource again, we were connected, but it wasn't about that. Like that, that wasn't the point was to get clout, right? It was to have fun, build memories, progress. And like, you know, you know, be the best you can be. And if that's the best, awesome. Like you should try to be the best, but at the same time, it's like, dude, like for me anyway, uh, you know, I, I know I'll never be the best. I don't want to be the best. I just want to be the best that I can be and have fun with my friends doing. Put out a. Oh, can I say something? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. Raise your hand. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, it's it's so cool because you can kind of do both in a way, while like having a community, you know, a solid gr uh, group of guys that have got your back. It's kind of hard to, you know, we, we talk about it all the time. It's hard to like kind of like grow up in that way and then have it sustained. Everyone moves away or everyone quits or something like that. Yeah. So you kind of need that outreach and uh, scooter resource. I'm, I'm sure like we've all been there. Like that's that was how the kindling for a scootering I feel like really caught fire. And every day you just go onto a forum. What is that considered web 1.0? It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like the forum. Taking Stop. Jenkins' math right now. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Web 1.0, yeah. where it was just I like forums and like people like uh, <laughs> that's how the internet really was. It yeah. was just like texts, things mm -hmm. like that. Um, but yeah, that kind of that kind of format, internet format, died out. But like 
really scootering did start on the internet i i feel like i i honestly do feel that way because once i really saw the community that was out there they really like made me want to progress and then show people that i'm what i'm doing you know like hey i'm out here like i'm crying out like yeah, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> there are the there are these guys notice me there's these guys everywhere that do the same thing as i do yeah you know and i don't even know that uh, but yeah the, like the community now is uh i would say it's more about vanity yeah it's it, it's really hard hard to really uh say that because a lot of people have uh progress through scootering you can see that mm -hmm. but it's more so uh, it's lost those really deep connected relationships because like scootering is just a it's an odd thing and then if you don't have people that you can consistently talk to uh, and kind of reflect on it's it, you kind of have to assume what's going on mm -hmm. I, I feel like so uh, I'm, I'm not sure I think it was really valuable for me to be around guys that kind of accepted me for who I am, even if it is skaters. I mean, shoot, like, just around, like, physical people seeing what I'm doing and how I'm, like, kind of reacting to how I'm feeling. But yeah. uh, the internet side is like, wow, you're doing great, and that's about it. You kind of forget about what's going on, or at least, like, really the the, uh, the deeper level of connection. Like, uh -huh. this is something that I'm doing now, yeah. and uh, I just, I just you, you would need, you kind of feel lonely. If you're constantly only like uh, on social media, but I mean, shoot, I'm on social media all the time too, so I'm not gonna say. <laughs> I mean, meme, I do the feel meme lord, <laughs> but you know, I still have these guys to kind of like balance it out. And we have we have multiple days out of the week that we can just like clown around at spots mm -hmm. and kind of. It's not all about scootering, you know. Right? Yeah. So those those are the things that keep me going. Yeah. So. If yeah. kids really have to show that, like, through their progression is how they keep connected and scootering, that's great. Mm -hmm. But I feel like there's value in those those relationships that you do have when you connect with people via the internet. Shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Can I say something? Yes. Your shutter's still open. Yeah, I know. Okay. Second chair. <laughs> it's On the about camera? that time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So I'm, I'm wondering. Uh, I don't know the answer when the Austin Street Jam started, and like, what was that initial motivation? And then I also just want you guys to think of some crazy stories that happened with Street Jam because I know great ones. I know it gets real crazy. Some great ones. <laughs> I got a little rowdy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Austin Street Jam started 2013. <laughs> I'll tell y'all leave you guys the stories. <laughs> you know, like, you have to tell a story. Oh, definitely, yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. But it started in 2013. Essentially, I, I think it was ISA had finally given like a big park comp in Texas. It was in Dallas. Oh, okay. But that's all we had. It was like 20, maybe 2010. They started like doing their ISA qualifier in Dallas. Yeah. Um, which is actually stopping this year, but uh, so there's our one, it's gone already. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it's a real opportunity for us, honestly. Yeah, it's like it's organized gone. and have rider organized park comps and street comps. Mm. Um, but anyway, yeah, so it started in 2013, so it's five years running. 2019 this year will be six years running, and um, yeah, so I mean, really the motivation behind it was just that, well, gosh, we got one park comp and it's 
you know, poorly run dude, like dubstep is playing the entire time. <laughs> Little kids crying because, you know, they were like, they miss a dub whip and it's, it's a park comment. It's just so serious. And I like park. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not even dogging on park. I grew up doing street and park and I still do street and park. But park comps are just different. Street, street jams rather are just like, send it. <laughs> it's just like, have a good time and send it. Um, and, and we didn't have that. And they were kind of forming. I think that maybe in 2013, uh, like there's like 10 to 15 street jams, and so I I don't even know if it was just me. I almost feel like it was just me or you and I. It was either Theo and I or just me. I forget. If I if I helped at all, it was from college station. Yeah, I couldn't help remote, that much. Right. Yeah, I was I was in college at the time. So I feel like it was like I don't know, but I, I feel like it was just me that started that all in 2013, and you know it was just kind of like figuring out okay, like how do I just get sponsors? How do I route? It's like you know it's more or less simple math. Like you just know what to do if you just go for it. Yeah. Um, and then and then since then it's been running, and I wouldn't say it's grown. I'd say if anything, it's like it caps out at like 80 people, and it's the perfect amount to get like kind of wild with the the locals or like not the locals, the uh, travelers that come into town. Like every it's like low key, so like. A group of 15 to 20 dudes that really go for it at a party, plus like another 10 that are local out of it. It gets kind of wily, like after the jam. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude, I'd say like scooter wise, like always going to the Green Goblin is such a treasure, man. For me, I just always like to see, you know, who's, who's balls up that year. It's a, it's a Green Goblin uh, for, for the tapes is like this 18 stair handrail where uh, you can hit it, the, the rails on the left side, 18 stairs. It's massive, this rail's huge. And on the other side of the 18th set is just flat. So essentially, like, you know, you miss the rail, you're hitting to flat. It's um, a freaking drop. Dude. It's a drop. <laughs> it's a drop and a half. It was an inline rail. Like, they gave it that name. Yeah, inliners. Yeah, 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 it was a bunch of rollerbladers. That's so, like, right. seeing scoot riders, like, and some have really manned up to it. Like, we had Caleb Eldridge back lip it, Mike Coleman switch front board it, um, name some others. Someone missed Matt McKean hit it first. Like, um, back lip, back lip. Oh, no, 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 backboard, McKean, backboard. Yeah, McKean backboarded. But we have, have a, had, like, a couple people really man up to this rail and go for it. So scooter-wise, like, that's always a treat to see, like, just kind of, like, we just kind of, like, ride by it, stop for a second, and just kind of shut up and wait to see which riders are just like, okay, I'm going for it this year, you know? <laughs> uh, like, all right, fuck it, let's go. Um, well, there's only, it's interesting because it's, like, there's only so much you can do on it. Right. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> That's, yeah, dude, and that's been my thought. That's Matt, always Matt been Theo's t- thought, Matt yeah. will tell you, every year I'm like, Matt, is this the year we don't go to the Green Goblin? Like, <laughs> we're just going to go there and people are going to throw the same tricks, but then, like, I mean, my expectations are defied almost every year yeah. with the exception of a couple. I guess but, someone could 50 it. Oh, it hasn't been yeah, done. Yeah, that hasn't been done. I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Easily. Yeah, lip slide's been done, board slide's been done. Had a drop, yeah. Lip slide, yeah, back lip has been Backlip has been done. Switch front board. Regular front board has not been done. Oh, front scoot. Fifty. Eli Kravitz front scooter. Front scooter. Eli inward, inward, inward it, man. Yeah, inwarded yeah. That was it that was heavy. And yeah. Clayton Clayton Lindley tried oh, to inward yeah, it one year. No, sorry, my Truck bad. driver. Jordan. No, no, no. It was uh, it was Jordan, right? Uh, last year. Clayton tried. Clayton oh yeah, tried to yeah. Free it was Jordan, it. dude. Jordan Armacost. Shout Jordan out. Jordan Armacost tried to inward it. Uh, the, the first, first year, year we did bro- the street jam. Broke his ankle, dude. It was so gnarly. Broke his ankle on the landing. And, and, it was insane. Yeah. Oh, Jordan Armacost is a an OG from the Woodlands from 06. And he hasn't ridden at that time in 2013. He hadn't ridden like probably four years. And he's always been a hucker, and so is Ryan Davis, another his friend. But uh, they, you know, Jordan, like, manned up to it. He's like, I'm just going to go for it, bro. <laughs> and it was a tragedy. Year of healing on that. But anyway, so you, can, you can get broke on Green Goblin. Oh, man. 
Yeah. Well, okay, because Matt is just being all humble right now, I will go ahead and explain <laughs> the roots of the Austin Street Jam even more, because in my mind, it is a legendary jam. It may not even be like that for a lot well, of people. I, I, I kind of think of it as like a, I don't know, as like a destination jam. It's like the scooter South by Southwest, be, yeah. be, because it's like, I mean, you said there's only 80 people, but I feel like 30 of those people are like really well-known scooter riders and, right. they, and they like third they like all come here and they're like really dedicated and it's like this whole destination thing yeah kind of unlike <laughs> i don't know but i mean chicago jam is like that too but i i don't know i just feel like there's people that are so dedicated to coming here yeah compared yeah. to like any other jam <laughs> right yeah okay well that's that's helpful to have an outsider's perspective so yeah, to speak yeah. you know it's like it's it's always i mean we have a great time hosting it every year and yeah. uh it's it's been a blast we've done it for five years now which is kind of crazy to think about but mm. it started it was it was originally matt's brainchild like he kind of touched on mm. it was just something that we didn't have in texas it was something that was starting to pop up around the country you know there was the chicago jam some of the bigger jams were happening at that point mm -hmm. and we were i mean matt was like matt was like I just, I want to do a street jam here. And I was like, okay, cool, man. I'm like, you know, an hour and 45 minutes away from him or something. We're like, all right, let's, let's do it. Uh, you go for that. And so Matt, <laughs> Matt totally put the wheels in motion and just like, you know, just leveraged his contacts that he had within scooter riding in the scooter resource days yeah, yeah. who were at that point either working at companies or owned companies nice. and good hit, dude. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. over here. and and he uh, he just like utilized those contacts to put something together and get some sponsors hooked up. And I mean, shoot, man, the first year, a lot of people from Texas came out. It was like mm -hmm. it was like the core of the Texas scene just came from all around from Houston, from Dallas. Obviously, you know, people from Austin, though, there weren't that many at that point. And we all met up. We all converged. We stayed we stayed at the house that Matt was. Matt was living at that at that point, and uh, we just, I mean, we everyone just went for it. It was so fun, and uh, the next year, that was that was while I was still in college, and then the next year, I was living in Austin, and Matt and I were roommates, and uh, we just kept it going, but Matt's efforts were what started that off, which is crazy, and he just willed it into existence, basically, and uh, yeah, from there, it's just blossomed into this thing where, you know, we do it every year. It's like, it stays to a low amount, a low key amount of people, which is awesome. You know, it's never become like Chicago street jam levels, though. That was awesome too. We went one year to that and that was so fun pushing around Chicago with like 500 people, you know, uh, <laughs> we probably capped out at like maybe a little over a hundred. I think it was yeah, our highest our best count. Year. Yeah. And, but that felt great, you know, for the size of the city that this is. And the fact that we're most of the people that come from out of state are staying with us usually it's uh it's been perfect and uh man as far as like fun stories from the austin street jam <laughs> i'm gonna try and just limit it to like three right now but <laughs> there was <laughs> there was there was one year but infinite good times at the austin street jam but uh one one year it, this must have been 20 2015 maybe and yes it was probably the second street jam and we had like you know a lot of people were hitting us up to uh, a lot of a lot of people were hitting us up from like around the state and everything to or sorry around the country to come out to the street jam and there was gonna be all kinds of people there you know Elliot Arnold was coming in and the Proto team was coming in yeah, and like that was our big year. The, some people from the Till team were coming in 
it was all these people the florida ride crew were coming in yep and uh shoot it was all these people and then like the week before the jam in typical texas fashion because we were doing it earlier in the year at that point it starts like it's so cold it was like it was in the 30s and it was raining and it was just like the shittiest weather and so you know the jam approaches and it, it's not clearing up so we got to figure out a plan b right so matt and i are doing this mad mission to scout around the city for covered spots just trying to or like looking into the cost of like a pop-up you know uh canopy basically to put over like over a spot that we could ride you know <laughs> with like it was a uh, quick thought yeah just, just just unrealistically thinking we could we could have a street jam under like a canopy you know <laughs> and the proto guys come in through san antonio because they road trip that year and there's mm-hmm. a, a great youtube video documenting that trip and all the yeah all the mishaps on it I've and heard about yeah. it yeah they, yeah yeah it. a lot of yeah. stories coming out of yeah. that trip you know the trip from hell i think but yeah. They came in through El Paso and then San Antonio and then eventually made it to Austin. And they told us about this DIY that they found in San Antonio and it was under a bridge and it was this amazing DIY. They showed us pictures from it and everything. And they were like, hey, we're riding this today. And uh, we ended up we ended up choosing that as the alternate destination for the yeah, street yeah, jam. Yeah. So we real quick like you know messaged out to everybody like posted something on Facebook like hey everyone we're going to San Antonio for the jam. We're <laughs> we're doing it at this location. Come to this address. Surprisingly, like I think everybody that had come in for the jam made it down to San Antonio. And I had a broken ankle at the time, which was fun. And uh, we slid down into this ditch underneath a bridge and just had the had the session underneath a bridge at this at this DIY which is like kind of a legendary DIY in San Antonio now that I know about it and <laughs> it was so fun man Andrew Andrew Broussard like started a big old bonfire right at the end of it you know the, the pretty much the entire jam he was stockpiling wood and like pulling in driftwood and <laughs> all this stuff and just like building a massive like funeral pyre sized thing of like firewood <laughs> definitely man so everyone rides and uh and we, we filmed a little video and everything and then at the end he uh doused that thing in gasoline and just lit it all up right as the water started pouring under the bridge from from the sewers basically yeah, <laughs> so yeah, there's yeah. water everywhere and gasoline in the water like lighting up trails around the fire <laughs> it was insane everyone's screaming and like breaking bottles it was the most primal thing i've ever experienced <laughs> just like fi- discovering fire for the first time it was primitive bro <laughs> we were all freezing our asses off that day you know and it was yeah. uh so that was that was a blast and then i mean just all the all the memorable times here at turd ranch like yeah. having 30 guys stay with us uh back in uh, i guess that was 2017 that was the 2017 jam we had 30 people staying at our house which is <laughs> dude, that not that re- big that, that was the unreal. red carpet one dude. <laughs> that's unreal oh wait wait are you talking about josh fuller what what wait what do you mean the red, red carpet, carpet. No, no, no 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 uh as in like everyone showing uh, up to just basically hey we heard like a couple years ago you guys had this thing going on we brought the beer and that's basically <laughs> what it was <laughs> And yeah, the locals yeah. coming in from Louisiana and uh, Tadpole and Frog, his father. <laughs> Tadpole's father is Frog. And he was uh, he was hooking us all up with beer, buying beer for everyone. And we just had a big old hoedown here in the backyard. <laughs> there was some, like, random, like, vagrant that was just wandering around Austin with a fiddle named Pip. Oh, yeah, Pip, and dude. He met, and he met up There's with so... us throughout the day, you know, at the, <laughs> so while we were stories. riding downtown. And he was just like... 
hey, what are you guys doing? You know, and we're like riding scooters. And we're like, we're like, can you fiddle just, for our after party? He just hung out with us the whole day, and then at the end of the day, we we invited him to the after party, and he came over, and he's just sawing on the fiddle in the backyard, and everyone's. Yep. Dancing around in a drunken stupor. What? <laughs> around Josh Fuller's uh, freaking yeah, dude, <laughs> dojo. I want to get I want to get too deep into the after no, parties, no. but they're always a good time. Like we had a uh, Grant Showfield, Shotgun Showfield, like jump off the roof into a kiddie pool. Yep. And, like at oh. Shotgun Showfield, follow him. Follow him, He's a good man. And just like all you know, dude. Like I mean, like Ty Whelan and Kirk and, and everybody stepped in. Like everybody goes for it man like they're they know how to, how to have a good time and the boys will be boys um, I, think, I think that was a, a a transformative year and it's like turning more it was turning more into a an event for the kids during the day yeah but then one of the old like the older scooter guys can like really just like right enjoy the city of austin and like enjoy the vibe that you know you guys have really kind of created and out of your friendship too, kind of just like welcome everyone in into their home and everyone was having a, a great time everyone scootered it was really hot mm. of course but like everyone scootered had a great time we hit the lake multiple times <laughs> that's that's um, another thing real quick i'll get on yeah. to like we like usually either after the street jam directly or actually or both or like uh the day after we'll hit up like water hole and it's so fun man because it'll either be like an app like you know like we're exhausted after street jam so we hit the water we just get to like kick it back with a couple beers or it's like the day after and we're just having another after party at the, at the water <laughs> hole and it's like really fun it's yeah. so, like those are always other things to, like look forward to and all the boys just being boys like being wily <laughs> i think you're right though andy i think that yeah uh at first and it still is like i the goal of it is to bring the texas rise together that's the point. But yeah. at the same time, we're grown men. Like, dude, we're adults. So we want to have fun with adults and have an after party. So, yeah, like, yeah. come on in, guys. Like, all the homies that come on in, we're so grateful for you. Like, let's have an after party. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it kind of gears away towards kids at that point. <laughs> if, I, if I can talk about uh, the evolution of the Street Jam from my perspective, I want to say Street Jam number one. Was that 2013? <laughs> yeah. That was a crazy year because it was your first Street Jam. And... Uh, I think it was just mostly just local kids and kids from Dallas. Plus and McKean. Th and then Matt McKean <laughs> came. Mm -hmm. He was the only guy that really, like, came out to do it. That's yeah. right. I, I really forget. Shout out to McKean. How, how did he actually get here again? Like, what how, what initiated it? Do you remember? We probably just reached out oh, to him. Oh, he had a friend. He had... Uh, Justin and Emma, I think it was visiting them, right? Is that, no, no, no. I'm sure there, that's not He was the, there for the Yeah, it was for the jam. It was for the jam. But that that's probably a perk. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no, it was so weird. He was just like, we've never met him before. Like us three only know him through like videos. And he was yeah. like really supportive of like coming out and doing it. And, uh, he did. It was, uh, I think that like one of the funnier things is like the day before the jam, that party at your house, uh, was it the before or after party? Talking about the green couch? Yeah. It was. The day before, yeah. <laughs> I loved it. It was so weird. Cause like he kind of just, he, uh, I, I don't know uh, he was the only kind of he was just so well known there but then we're all just like kind of I felt like I was just a kid at the time <laughs> and then we're all and we're all just uh, yeah so yeah I'm right I did feel like a child play thing yeah whatever uh, but we were all like partying upstairs and like mostly like just uh, high school kids or whatever and then he was trying to go to sleep and he could like we were all just really rowdy, so he fell asleep in Matt's garage couch. It was filthy. It was it, yeah, and he, we were like, where did next day? We were like, 
Where did McKean go? <laughs> and then we open the, the garage door and he's passed out on the, the couch in the garage. The grimy I'm like, ass couch. How can we treat our guests like this? <laughs> how can we do this? Like I was I was livid. I was like, no. <laughs> he is a guest in this house. It wasn't my house, it was Matt's house. But I was just like, he's a guest in this house. He's a guest here. I can't believe this. But uh, it was just such a weird picture to see. Uh, and then the next day, I mean, like, shoot, he was having a great time. We were all having a great time. Just, like, really, like, there was no, like, it was a small group, right? And uh, there was no, uh, you know, there, everyone can go. You know, it wasn't like the street jams like before. It was a small street jam. And we were going to, we were hitting all these spots for the first time as, like, a giant group. And then when he hit the Green Goblin at the very end, that, like, oh, cemented, man. like, the, yeah. the trademark of what this was. And just, you know, everyone throwing down gnarly stuff in, like, our our backyard. You know, that was that was the best part. We documented <laughs> it. It was so much fun. Not to mention the Rolling Stone article that came out of it. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rolling Stone. That, that was a weird year, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I remember seeing that, actually. Really? You, yeah. No way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. I think I think it's because of Dylan. Like, like I saw it, but yeah, then I remember when that came out. Yeah, that was pretty wild. Yeah, that guy, that guy, like yeah, met they, up. He met up with a bunch of the scooter dudes that were staying at our house because they were riding down to the bagel shop down the street. It was the cheapest breakfast around, and like they would push down there in a group of like you know ten and ten or fifteen. Yeah. And this guy naturally, who's a freelance journalist, was like. What are you guys doing? He happened to be at the bagel shop at the same time. They they told him they were there for a street jam, and he, they explained it to him and everything. And he was like, "Oh, that's crazy! I'll, I'll come check it out." Like he was I, like hyped on the idea. Like, yeah, right he's just it. like something weird and random, I guess. You know, <laughs> it was just like, "All right, I'll, yeah, I'll come see that." I guess. <laughs> and he ended up going around with us the whole day, and like, you know, interview Logan Fuller and some of the some of the like key guys who were there that were throwing down and like. And then ended up going to the Chicago Street Jam after that and, like, chasing the whole, you know, scooter story. That's wild. Yeah, that's so wild. It's so crazy, man. So, yeah, by the way, that started in Austin. For the record. I wonder, I wonder if he, like, goes to his, like, editor. And he's like, boss, I got this story. I got this scoop. And he's like, I don't want scooters. I want Spider-Man. I want Spider-Man now. Okay, Get back Jameson. out there and give me more Spider-Man. I want pictures of Spider-Man. Scooters? Yeah, that, that guy That guy interviewed me for that article. Hell yeah. It was, pretty, it was pretty interesting. He did his research. Under the alias Dylan K. Assman. <laughs> it's pronounced Assman. <laughs> Make sure to keep that in there. We can, we, can, we can cut that out. I don't have Spider-Man, but I have Assman. <laughs> you ever heard of Assman? Yeah, it's always, it's always interesting to... I mean, I, I knew it was inevitable. Like, I kind of, before the article even came out, I sort of, like, just knew the sort of point of view that the article would be written in, you know? Because it's, like, explaining it to people who don't know anything about scootering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's inevitably, like... Cringy. Really painful for scooter riders. <laughs> but it's, like, it just has to be like that. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. But were, were you guys satisfied with it overall? Honestly, like, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I was I was stoked on the way it turned out. Like yeah. I remember messaging Matt the day that that came out. I was like, dude, it finally made it because we had we had kind of been like keeping tabs on just like you know periodically maybe checking like you know scooter articles or this guy's Facebook page because we got his contact info. Yeah. Dan Gentile, I believe is his name. So shout out Dan. 
and uh, he, yeah, he, we, we were periodically checking. I think Matt got his number at the jam or something, and we were just kind of keeping tabs on it. And then it, it finally came out, and we were like, wow, that was that was about as good as we could have expected. Because, yeah. of course, there's always well, going to be the cringy parts of it where it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, but they, even, even mentioned the Austin jam. It was like, it was like, yeah. dude, I mean, it was fine. It's a scooter article. That's great. Really happy we got publicity and such, but... Yeah. He, like, literally found it from us and didn't even, like, I, he might have footnoted us. Maybe he got we got a note in there, but yeah. I don't even remember him mentioning us. So I was like, But I'm not even right. bummed about that. Well, I, I you know, know. Going to the Chicago Jam, it's like, obviously, this, the it's Austin bigger, it's Jam. Better. Yeah. Totally. They're, I looking, love it. they're looking at numbers, I'm you just know? answering Dylan's question, though. It's like, well, yeah. that disappointed me. I was like, well, come on, man. I was like, you know, you could have at least credited <laughs> us for, like, helping you find, like, the article topic at but at the same time i was really impressed with the amount of background research he did i was like impressed with the yeah. fact that he like interviewed he you interviewed and, the right people and he interviewed andrew and he interviewed you know people outside of the the people he had met at the austin street jam people who were actually key people in the yeah, scooter yeah. scene yeah, i was yeah. like yeah hell yeah man that's great like he presented it fairly i think and like not necessarily as like I don't know, other ways you've seen it presented as like, oh, this is just like this stupid little fad that's happening or whatever. He actually, I feel like he approached it with some journalistic integrity. And he was like, yeah. just reporting on what he saw. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I feel yeah, like true. that presented us fairly, even if it was from an outsider's perspective. Yeah. To be honest. I remember reading it and you could let, like definitely tell it was like, just like, you know, somebody like talking about scootering that didn't scooter or whatever yeah like, yeah, yeah. it was like yeah, a discovery yeah. i don't i don't remember any specifics but i just remember it was like it was like funny to read just like you know <laughs> like knowing and then i right. remember i remember there was like there was like something that was like uh it was like negatively tra- portraying skateboarding and i was like that was like i was like oh pff, it was i think i know on. what it was like Oh, kids aren't picking up skateboards as fast as they're picking up scooters. Yeah, yeah, like that, <laughs> yeah. Dying board, question mark? Yeah. Like, I'm like, come on, man. Why's like, it gotta, uh, no okay. data. that skateboarding industry. No data on this. I was like, you started that whole thing off like that. I'm I like, was like, I don't stretch. know. <laughs> why, why, what was the point? Like, why to compare it at all? Like, yeah. I don't know. I think he well, wanted that edge. Com- it was like, oh, what are the kids into now? Like, you know? They have to, they have to compare it because in their minds, it's the same thing. You know? yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. You know, anytime you get kicked out of a spot, but, hey, no skateboards here. I'm I'm not riding a skateboard. <laughs> Get the hell out of here! It happened know? the other day. Yeah, they don't they don't understand. Don't the skateboard difference. in the road. <laughs> the untrained eye, it's all the same shit, you know. It's, but we don't we we don't see it that Especially way. Especially here in Texas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get that two wheeled thing out of here. You guys think the scooter industry as a whole uh, missed a chance in carrying the momentum of that article? Because I feel like that article came out. And nothing happened, you know. Like it, it's not. I don't know. It, it's like I felt like scootering was like on that platform, like in the higher public eye. But then, like I don't know, there just like wasn't anything in scootering to like carry it more. Like there, nothing has like actually happened in scootering from that article, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. was kind of disappointing to me. But obviously, yeah. like. I didn't do anything. Right. <laughs> so I think that's the overwhelming you know like I mean? consensus of yeah. where we're at. We're just yeah. still kind of like an infant sport. Like we're new and we're growing heavily, but at the same time, our riders still haven't gotten to be grown up enough yet to know what to do when things like this happen. Yeah. yeah. I figure, you know, I'm 28 now. In 10 years, maybe I'll know what I can do with that yeah. and how I can actually help that benefit or push scootering further in a better way rather than just kind of like rapidly getting content out and then we fade away right like 
how do we use this article to sustain us further? Yeah, yeah. I think that really goes to show like how effective, uh, I guess, written media is nowadays and how like it just it fades away. <laughs> Like, That's a good there's point. There's a lot of people that, yeah. a lot of, uh, what is it, writers now that like, work really hard on articles that actually like <laughs> face humanity as a whole and ask questions, <laughs> good. but then just fade away. Like, and we see those articles so cool. pop up all the time. I feel like Rolling Stone is just another thing that was written about, and uh, like Scooters was just another thing that was written about. It was like, oh, a little intrigue, but I really think that, uh, you know, yeah, written media is it's really hard to to really get that out there. I feel like it's like some that one thing for a week that kinda gets passed around. But it, it's I, I feel like as far as momentum, I don't think it was it would have carried it in a way. So do you, so if it's the medium, do you think that if there was like an an outside people outsiders from scootering that did a documentary, do you think it would have more of an impact and do you think that scootering would even be worth making a documentary about oh yeah you know yeah visuals capture uh attention way more than words yeah and i i don't like saying that but instagram is all videos and pictures and obviously kids love that mm. and people love netflix and you know visually watching something that's stimulating which is terrible to say written media is takes so much time and effort uh, but I feel like a documentary would and done right and obviously you know come from an angle that it really hooks an outside view mm-hmm. uh, but I would I would definitely think some sort of visual thing that kind of captures the aura of like why we do it and answers questions and really uh, also shows you where the trajectory of uh, of scootering and where that's going. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that would be a little bit easier to digest. So you think scootering as a whole has enough to offer to be compelling yeah. to somebody who does a scooter? Um, I think I think I told you this before. Um, everyone's creative in their own way. They just got to figure out what the medium is. And once they figure it out, that medium and how they can channel their own creativity, then it kind of uh, it gets people more excited. Uh, and I really do think that skateboarding, BMX, scootering—it's all the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like you might you might say it's like oh, there's always these limitations, make it easier and stuff. Like, well, it's just how we express our you know creativity and our passion for things it doesn't matter what it is really it, it just like how we're going about doing it and who we are as people <clears throat> how are we doing it as a community I mean shoot like like we get talked about all the time because it's scootering from someone who doesn't scooter or whatever or skateboard it's lame it's the automatic response that we all get and if yep. you don't have more of a you know introspective on how people fall in love with the things they do literally any activity whatsoever i mean like it, it just like I, I, once you understand that aspect of it like just before this matt just showed me his friend that uh he roller skates not like aggressive inlining but roller skates but, but like he had his own style to do it and he was enjoying it and he was making a uh, instagram video that was like curating to his talent 
And I, I didn't know anything about it, but I was like, he's following his passion, and that's cool. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't even know who this guy is, but I shouldn't make fun of him for doing something that he's literally channeling, channeling his creativity. I mean, like, he could have done anything, but he chose that, and he chose to really stuck to, uh, stick to it, and he loves doing it. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, we're always a minority, and we're always talked down upon. I mean, that, that humbles someone, you know? Like, people, people in, like, uh, are so supportive of, like, each other as a minority, but then when it comes, like, oh, that one's a little weird, so I'm going to treat you totally different. Like, no, you got to have an open mind with everything that people do, and if, if it's a group of people that like doing this and it's not hurting anyone, it's not like, you know, making fun of anyone, people just love doing it and people have been doing it and there's a story, there's different types of people that do it, like, that should be interesting. I mean, shoot, like, that, that just makes me so happy that I get to meet all these different people and different backgrounds and, like, where they really came from. But how do we get all get here? Because scootering, this weird toy that got turned into something more. I mean, skateboarding was this weird toy that got turned into something more. It's just bound to happen. It was, it's just a matter of time. But, you know, obviously there's like a lot of other factors that are into it, you know, people getting the new generation to go for it, whatever. But at the end of the day, it's still that medium. It's still something that someone, a group of people picked up and really put their, put their energy and time into. So I want, I want to know about the scooter company you guys started or are starting, um, just the initial inspiration and everything you've had to overcome so far and uh, just like the progress on it. So the company is called Brother Scooters. Uh, this like Essentially Theo and I have been talking about starting a company for maybe three years, four years. And once the street jam got going, it kind of became it started making more sense and becoming like more of a feasible thing that could happen. And at least in my head, uh, so I got married to my wife in 2017 in October, and then for whatever reason, it kind of started clicking. I'm like, okay, I'm at a point in life now where I'm married. I still scooter. I still have free time. Um, you know, no children. So like. I don't know, you know, for anybody who's married that rides, which is like 1%, but for anybody who <laughs> for anybody who does ride and is married, like you know that your time your your priorities change. And so essentially like, you know, you hang out with friends less and there's kind of more open time that either goes to your wife or to your work or whatever. And in my head I was like, okay, right now is the right time. And so just pretty much like a couple months after um, Jen and I got married in the beginning of 2018. I started just working on uh, designing parts and getting that started. And um, it's been a momentum thing, I think. As I started, I didn't know what I was doing. I just, you have no idea what you're doing. And when I start things, I like, for me, I am a completionist. So I want to do it and do it the best that I can. And I, like, I kind of have to finish it. And the more I learn about myself and I learn about what makes me move and go, it's scooters and that becomes more and more clear every day. I'm like, I want to be involved with scooters. And so with that understanding day by day comes this momentum that, that rolls. Um, so anyway, I would say the first three or four months was spent just designing an SES and a, uh, a set of bars, you know, just simple as that, but just kind of like designing, going through manufacturers, um, as to who you're going to choose and getting prototypes so on and so forth. 
Um, and we've kind of been overcoming challenges as to like, who's our, who's our manufacturer gonna be? Uh, what do we think about these prototypes? We've had to make changes to that multiple times. Um, and now we're, you know, so on and so forth. And now we're kind of at the last point where I'd say we're 85% done and we're close to launching Brother. And um, I feel like momentum's at full swing right now. I feel like, uh, is that Mike? Yay! Uh, Mike! Hey. Hi, Mike. What's up, boy? Hello. Mike Dion just showed up. Oh. Take a seat, brother. We're doing a podcast. You're on candid camera. <laughs> no way. Oh, dude. Fuck <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so Theo and I, like, you know, we've just been working on it essentially, and it was slow at first. Um, it was more so just like, let's see how this works out. And now that we're getting so close to being done, it's like, okay, let's, this momentum's going. Let's keep it going. We're putting more man hours into finishing it, into launching the website. Um, our manufacturer, we're, we're supposed to be shipping out products in February. And then, you know, and then the next step is figuring out who are my distributors going to be and who are the relationships that I have to build next. And it's all just essentially just setting up the, the building blocks to a platform, which will be Brother. And for me, it's brand new. I've never done a business. And it's a little intimidating because there are already so many established companies that have gone through all those steps, but 10 years ago, right? When there's no competitors, when it was kind of an open market. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in my head anyway, uh, I think that I'm just completely inspired because the more that I ride with, you know, Mike, Andy, Theo, the more that I, that, that we get to do this as we grow older, the more I, I'm just realizing like, this is what I want to do. And so I'm going to fully go at it and I'm going to do it the best that I can and make it about scooters, not make it about money, not make it about power or whatever, whatever, you know, some people or businesses may like go for. For me, it's just about the longevity of scooters and the growth of scooters. Like, and one of the first kind of goals that I have for it is Texas. Like, but anyway, so, you know, we're goal oriented and I think that we kind of have, Theo and I have the right mindset for starting it. Um, but yeah, we're, we're almost there. I'd say we're months away, a couple months away from, from launching it. It's really exciting. So it, besides the actual manufa- <clears throat> manufacturing process, what did you guys think in terms of the image of the company? Like, what, what were your goals? It's like, because I mean, that's like pretty much the most important part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, sure. I guess my I guess exactly. having scooter parts that don't break and perform well is good. But. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, obviously the the focus is like making quality parts that are gonna that are gonna ride well, that people are gonna want to ride, that we would want to ride ourselves, which is what we've been working on over the last year prototyping Matt's designs and kind of, you know, finding flaws and fixing them and perfecting the the product. And yeah, man, it's like the image of the company and just kind of the, the designs that we, that we use to, I mean, I guess to, to develop a brand basically (laughs) has been, has been a huge focus of, uh, of mine through the process. And just making sure that it uh, it's something that looks just aesthetically pleasing and also professional. It doesn't look like it's you know created on a you know PowerPoint or whatever or Microsoft Paint. And um, that's I mean that's been a large part of the focus. And living here in Austin has been great because we've made a lot of friends who are you know either working in you know some kind of graphic design or advertising or you know some some form of artistic endeavor some form of artistic outlet and uh, so we've, we've utilized a lot of those friendships and those connections to work with and basically you know kind of work with them in an unstructured format to basically first and foremost our focus has always been to explain what scootering is <laughs> you know and like explain the concept of it because we don't want 
we didn't want to simply like hire someone that was some professional designer and just be like, hey, we need a brand, you know, and it's for whatever product. We wanted it to be very integrated with what we were selling and we wanted to, you know, both develop a professional image and also, you know, just create something that looked cool, to be honest. And uh, I feel like I feel like that's what we've accomplished working with these people and uh, that's that's been that's been awesome, just that process of like figuring out what we wanted and what we wanted what we wanted our company to kind of look like as far as, you know, on our website and uh, on Instagram, on social media. So, uh, yeah, that's that's been a huge part of it, man. That's I would say it's, it's an integral, integral yeah. piece. And to, to add on a little bit too, I think that the – I'm not sure if this is the question you were asking or not, but also like our image is also uh, like outside of the aesthetics of like the graphic design in the company and so on and so forth. Like I think that our image is more so we're trying to take the adult approach, you know, uh, like proto till like being the – I would say the, the starters of this like – professional approach that we're like yeah i mean of course we want to reach out to kids but like this is like an adult brand like the goal here is to uh, mature scooter riders from scooter kids yeah. to scooter adults that can bring this into like okay how do i put make this make us all brothers brothers, brothers. Exactly. brothers. <laughs> but it's like um i don't know like one of the things theo and i have talked about is like of course we want to have a stack team and we're developing and it's going to take time to get a stack team but at the same time like i want to i also want to create a like like Theo and I want to create a platform where it's like it's not necessarily all about the magnitude of the riding. It's about more That's so the like culture. the brother, the culture behind yeah. it, the yeah. brotherhood behind it. It's about you know, like first and foremost, it's like one of the goals like that I have that I'll repeat is like I want to bring Texas to be like a scene. I want Texas to have a scene, and I want you know scooter riders to know that they can if you know if they move to Austin, if they were to get the sponsor, sponsor by brother, whatever the case is, that they can develop. Um, in, from a scooter kid into like a, a you know a grown adult scooter rider that doesn't that you don't have to this isn't your main job like you don't have to just scooter like I want them to know that they can be kind of like of course at a good skill level but you don't have to like push out pump out the hardest content on Instagram and yada 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 like of course we're gonna have that like content but with that being said like it's again it's more about like the brotherhood and the lifestyle that you see um, scootering as which to us is just really about scootering with longevity it's like we want to continue progressing for as long as, as possible so if you've got a unique style to offer if you've got a unique trick selection to offer if you've got a unique personality to offer like you know these are all factors in, in, in my head that will go into uh, how we develop brother and how our images as a team and as like a, a company yeah I mean we really we really look at scootering so personally to be honest I totally and, agree uh, yeah that was I think what we figured out through this whole process which has been like you know roller coaster ride for sure just starting up a company you know just figuring out what our different perspectives are on scootering it's different for everyone yeah. but the I think <laughs> yeah <You're right. laughs> and I think the the common ground that we reached was scootering is uh, is is about it's about more than just I mean just the physical act of scootering it's about the it's about the friendships they create around scootering it's about the experience of riding a scooter going on trips with your friends you know going just going out spot hunting on a daily basis mm -hmm. and just the the passion that comes with that and not not wanting to get something out of scootering even necessarily though that's awesome as a byproduct obviously we always celebrate that whenever whenever our friends get you know sponsored like andy getting sponsored by proto or like you know, any anyone who's who's gotten sponsored or done amazing things in scootering, it's 
that's not the focus, at least not for us. And I think I think there are a lot of people out there that are that are that have this mindset. It's really about the experience of it, and it's about the love of scootering itself. Yeah. And what do you do? What do you do when you're not sponsored? What do you do when you're not winning contests on your scooter? Do you just like? you just like hate your life and you're just like i failed i failed or are you like wow i'm i still have my scooter i'm still gonna go out and ride i can go out and do my thing you know like that's that's really that's really what we boiled it down to i think and that's where the the brother aspect kind of came in and shout out to one of our good friends becca swiatek uh, yeah. <laughs> for giving us the idea of brother when it was sitting right in front of our faces because we say it all the time and not turd ranch thank god yeah we we threw turd around ranch the idea scooters. of turd ranch <laughs> also very important to us one other but. point too sorry to interrupt i will say too one of the first things that we thought of as well because theo and i i think like to some degree just um i don't know how to put this without sound like an asshole but like we we're aware that we like to include people like there are teams that I feel like are more exclusive and, you know, I'm not naming anybody, but it's just like, I, one thing I like about our mentality is that I think that we can contribute to scootering and which will cultivate the growth of scootering in Texas and hopefully in general is that we like to include everybody. Like I want everybody of every skill level to know that like they're welcome, you know, to, to like come to the jams. We're going to talk to them and like, they're welcome to talk to us. And it's like, we are brothers. Like, yeah, there's going to be an age gap. We're not going to be able to talk about much. Or the same thing, right? Uh, but we have so that you scootering. Like lean. Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> not, maybe not on the record, but um, but it's like, yeah, it's like you know, fifteen-year-old kid that comes to the street gym. I'm like, oh, sick! Like you scooter. So do I. That makes me so happy because, at least from my experience growing up, like nobody scootered, and I want it to be where a decade from now we've you know had an impact in Texas or in in, in total in general um, of like the 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 cultivation of Texas scene of the texas scene with scootering and like the you know amount of riders that have stuck with it throughout that time yeah i really think y'all together you uh theo and matt have like like over the years what pushing five five years now doing the street jam like you guys have learned you literally what you're what you're saying right now is like you're trying to cultivate the new kids and then also guide the uh the high schoolers going to college college kids out of like you know right. or like just all older, the, like the people that are aging life. like you're learning all this through the street jams itself and you're like we need to create something and ultimately it manifested into brother scooters like this is a community that you can really be a part of whatever age you are and knowing that like you're welcome and we want to see you progress not only through scootering but through your own life in general and and then now you guys are start you're make you're literally believing in like this what you run at the street jam and you're putting that belief and passion into a company and then also the parts and media and things like that it's more like it's something that people don't really talk about in scootering but like feel obviously everyone feels it through the internet and like you know meeting other people that do the same thing as you but at the same time you're literally creating uh, an image in itself visually that that says you're welcome here and we understand you and then we also create quality parts like uh, that's a given but uh <laughs> but that's something that no one's really touched and i, I go, go go back to what i said earlier where scootering you meet a lot of people either they like your scootering or not you just kind of roll with the punches and we're gonna we're gonna be the guys that just want want you to know it's like you're, you're one of us. 
like you you are one of our friends whoever you are and this is a community that just really wants to nurture uh those people so yeah like it's it's fantastic and like i see these guys every single day working really hard i help and i contribute i give my ideas all the time but they're yeah, all they're, yeah, they are really pushing it and it's it's pretty scary i mean like from for me i was like damn a company like you guys are like really putting the money and effort time testing and all of this stuff every single day and it's it's so cool to see it's really so cool to see and like this is what people you know like scootering has made people into entrepreneurs and you know like everyone's also you guys don't really preach like write or own all that much because it's more like it's it's le it's less about like who is it run by but like how are the people around it treating each other you know you know what i mean I think that rider own too is just self-apparent yeah like, it, you don't even need to preach it because you'll see us there yeah. we'll be riding so We're, Plus, exactly. I'm planning on quitting soon. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Dude, no way. It's like, just like vaping, huh? <laughs> I bought my Heelys last week. I can't shake the habit. <laughs> I digress. So what people or companies uh, inspire you to do things with Brother? What, is, what are some things lately? That's a good question. So, uh, I mean, man, we certainly gained a lot of inspiration from the, the forefathers of mm -hmm. the scootering industry. Yep. Uh, had a great conversation with Andrew Broussard uh, of Proto, yeah. and getting his insight into the scootering industry was invaluable, man. It was incredible. Like, yeah. I was I was fanning out. I took, like, screenshots on my, on my computer. <laughs> it was there was, like, ten of them, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Real, I was like, really, one's enough, my friend. Really Boss creepy man. stuff, you know. Well, it's, it was like a video call. It was yeah, a video yeah. Call. We, okay. we were doing yeah. a Google Hangout, and That's uh, cool. yeah. is it on? Can you see me? I've, you know, I plastered the pictures all over my wall. You know, so there's, there's my, thousands uh, my of screen yeah, right. <laughs> it's, like, it's all over the place. There's a new wallpaper. You know, it's not. <laughs> it's not <laughs> weird though. You know, it's just I, I'm a big fan. Yeah. <laughs> it's all the I only made two T-shirts with your face on it, dude. It's fine, Andrew. I love you. I want your skin. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that was, I mean, that was a huge inspiration. Obviously what Proto's done, Andrew is like a visionary in that area. And uh, it was cool like getting to look up to him in that way. Now that we've kind of moved into this stage of trying to form our own company and get into this crazy scootering industry. And uh, I mean, really impressed with what Colin has done with Tilt um, as, far as, as far as product design and part design right. and as far as the image that he's put out. Their professional and, images. Really yeah, yeah. The, the company me. image of Tilt was a real big inspiration for us. Just the the seamless kind of branding and, com you know, image, even as far as color schemes go. And, I mean, as even, even down to the details of, like, fonts and whatnot. Tilt is just, like, really presented well as a professional company. And, uh, and Dylan, your efforts in that are not overlooked. And... Uh, yeah, I mean that was that was a huge huge source of our inspiration. Tommy Didano was yeah. another was another big guy that we looked up to. Not even necessarily as a manufacturer, though I'm sure he's done that at some point in his his scooter career. But um, as as a company owner within scootering and running Outset and what he's done with the building the community in the Midwest there and just uh, making sure that that is always always an integrated part of the business. And even Tommy coming down to Austin, you know, one year and getting to meet him, like, yeah. was just really cool to meet him and learn his perspective on the scene and 
I mean, just get to know him. Like, Tommy's an awesome dude. Like, amazing. Can't can't speak highly enough of that guy. But yeah, those are three of the three of the big ones that came to mind for me. Ryan Upchurch is another is another huge inspiration too. Just as far as entrepreneurial, yeah, Ryan and Dan. Just as far as entrepreneurial passion goes, and yeah. just self starters that they don't they don't need anyone else around them that's nearly as driven as them. They will just make it happen. Like Ryan, just companies pop up around Ryan. It seems like, or you know, or he's feeding into a business in some form or fashion, pretty much at, at any point in his life. So right. these are all guys that we've we've been really really fortunate to know, and uh, you know, we're we're really. I mean, just happy to happy to talk to us about our own endeavors and our plans with brother, and uh, kind of give us insight and feedback. So we, we consulted heavily with those guys, and uh, you know, to to varying extents. But yeah, that's what I got. I think that yeah, it's it's a small number of companies, but at the end of the day, like it's the ones that Theo named, like maybe including Hellgrip for me as an inspiration, oh, yeah. and mostly yeah. just because these companies are either focusing on being an adult company it seems to, in my opinion like I don't track a whole like all the companies tightly like extremely tightly you know follow my Instagram that's that's really the gist of it but I can see in my opinion which companies are catering towards uh, towards little kids which is great which is needed I'm not even knocking on it but what I want to do in my head is cultivate the kids into the adults that are going to stick with it in just this is my personal opinion but I think that the kids is the quick cash. It's like, yeah, it's hot right now. It's hot. Kids are gonna, kids want to buy this because it's popular right now. But I want to make sure that, you know, and, and this is what I see in like companies like Hell, you know, Hellgrip, Tilt, uh, Tilt Proto, um, probably Aztec as it grows and grows. Like it's still new, but it's hot right now. Like, um, <laughs> but like, you know, I, I want to see the kids cultivate into adults that are gonna make sure that this sport holds out. Because dude, this has been my life. Like scootering since I was 12 was my life so anyway in my head I'm like that's more important to me dude is making sure that this stays around forever so that you know as time passes or whatever it'll develop into a grounded sport like skateboarding or you know BMX I'd say I don't know like maybe we're even at BMX now but you know like skateboarding um, so I would say yeah till you know Andrew the godfather and uh, there's multiple others like you know personal inspirations for me you're like like honestly Casey Corning and Josh Toy, the OGs oh, just yeah, the ones yeah. that stuck with it but still managed to ride from time to time like yeah. and still are a part of the scene um, so they inspire me in different ways but company wise Pearl Tilt Hellgrip Asset Affinity Affinity oh shout out yeah super cool good call can't and keep I, up with them all but I yeah. feel like if you just even like get that one kid to like believe it enough to take risks within it like y'all are and you too, Dylan, with the, you're even your podcast, like wanting to do something. You know, if you just, if you reach out and help that one kid that doesn't really know what's going on and they, they get that influence, I feel like that's a win, man. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a win. If you kind of like, you're preaching, like you're you're an individual that can really contribute, you know, whether it's through your writing or whether it's your, you know, your assistance through uh, an event or even like starting any sort of media I think uh, anything in that realm will help scootering as a whole and that's wishful thinking yeah but like I literally started we all started somewhere and we're here now doing this thing it <laughs> like, goes so deep <laughs> no I'm serious thing, I'm serious uh, we're doing this podcast talking about it but we all started, it was a 
janky scooter that I put bolts in. <laughs> and Dude, now we're it's here this. now, bro. And we're now now we're here. Like I, I just that's so cool to me, and I'm still doing it. There's times I was like, I'm gonna give this up. Yeah. It's not worth my time or anything like that. But now it's now it's turned into something that I really do cherish. And I I I think I already said this by re reiterating, like it got me my job. It's put, pushing my career forward thanks to the relationships I made within it. Like you were in a music video. Oh yeah, I was also in the emo, emo <laughs> music video. Look it up, you facts. Were. It was Red Car, Red Car Wire uh, at uh, the Allen, uh, tech, uh, Allen Skate Park in Texas. <laughs> Andy, Andy Two was... minutes and 31 seconds in, you're gonna see a scooter rider. Tuck no hander. Tuck no hander, that was well below COVID, <laughs> but I got into it. Andy was destined for greatness from the beginning. <laughs> And we all and we all knew it <laughs> from that moment on. Do you know, uh, you know Man Kong was in a music video? Was he really? No. Oh yeah. Um, it was. Uh, from... Was it a vegan music? Video? No, it was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it was. Don't eat no, just, meat. Just, um, Don't hurt animals. New York, rather, they were also featured in. Um, so was Hep Greg. Hep Greg was in a like um, a music video for some rapper out in New York City. That was years before. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. 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 But. Scooter riding's always been in music videos. I don't know yeah. why. Always. 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 They're, they're just, they're just Since the 80s. Yeah. Two, <laughs> sol two solid entries. That's always. We created and MTV. Big <laughs> Short's got like five entries, bro. No. Oh, can I tell you Can I tell you a crazy story? No. So, You're not allowed to. I, I, uh, work at a ra I worked at a radio station in my college for uh, two years as music director. And like I got so many... like submissions from like little artists but also big artists at the same time this one year it was so weird i love telling this this one uh this one cd i got was a a rapping duo yeah. i totally forget who the other guy was oh well that's great the other guy <laughs> it was just like a rapping duo but one of them was zig short still going by zig short no and it was way. a it was an out al it was an album that was sent to me to play on my college radio station like they do it, like they, he probably hired someone or he did it himself, where he sent it off to college radio stations to play. Really? And I know this guy because he's scooters. <laughs> it was so weird, and he wasn't even like playing the whole scooter thing. He was like in the photos, like he was like doing kung fu poses and okay. rapping. He's, in, he's into well, kung wait, fu. Right? What is what is Zig Short doing nowadays, though? Match, like, match. I'll tell you, had him over I for love dinner. you, Zig Short. He's doing kung fu. Uh, or, you know, or whatever form of martial like arts this is, I, I'm not, you know, great on it. It's Tai Chi, man. Um, it's not Tai Chi. Um, <laughs> and computer programming. That's, um, you know, he's laying low a little bit. He got his degree. He literally is doing computer science right now, so which is, is amazing. Is that the future? Huh? Is that the future? That's computer the future. Yeah, right. Coding he's is the future. The, he's building the future. Yo, Theo. I'm all getting, listeners teach your kids coding. I can't see with all these clouds, bro. You gotta hey, chill out. With man, that's just the fire, you know. My clouds are humble. He's sitting down. Yeah, that's so crazy. Big <laughs> short sit down, bitch. Connor Davidson is a programmer now. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Building really, the future. I really is him. the future. Yeah, I don't really know what he's like, but I know he's gnarly. <laughs> gnarly I, in the what way? In the, in the scootering way. Oh, I've just never yeah. met him, so I'm like, I have no context for it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, gnarly. Gnarly. You should know. Fuck. Damn, am I gnarly? <laughs> I start contemplating life. I'm like, yo, is this gnarly? Going to the bathroom? <laughs> yeah. I'm going outside just to make it gnarly. It's gnarly. It's raining. It's crazy. I'm going to pee in this corner today. <laughs> well, what, what else Change do you guys want to talk about? 
Mike, do you have anything? Dude, <laughs> my knees are so bring, tired bring some fresh perspective drive. to All this right, combo, like, man. When are you gonna, what, what's what, up what, with what motorcycles, man? When are you going to be able man? to be here with just like walking out of the door? <laughs> when are you going to live here? Oh, dude, that's a great <laughs> question. Yeah, we, we <laughs> talked about that earlier, bro. Where's your, where's your Dell job? Did we talk about the time that I, like, I lived here for six months every single weekend? We talked yeah. about it real briefly. No, no. Actually, we should talk about that for like one second. So there was this girl. Yeah, you know, like, you know, there was this chick and like I was here every weekend from Friday to Sunday night. I would just drive for about three months. How far away do you live? Uh, three hours. Jeez. Yeah, so it was just under 300 miles. He was in love, dude. <laughs> he was in love. This is <laughs> true. Off, dude. Dude. Hey. She's gone with the wind. <laughs> she's not. She still comes around. I know. Yeah. She's <laughs> <laughs> we run into her all the damn time, yeah. bro. Yo, I've seen her at the skate park a couple times, but you know. <laughs> No, um, and then, uh, you know, just made the drive earlier today, had work this morning, just chilling. Um, other than that, yeah. Why not, why not come to Austin, though? Oh, why not? Okay, so why not move here? So right now, currently I live with my girlfriend, and I sort of have, like, a position up there where it's kind of iffy, like, I'm not enjoying my job too much, um, so I'm starting to look for new work, and... <laughs> This uh, new company I applied for that I'm just waiting to hear a call back from. Um, Wayfair? Actual main Wayfair? Headquarters. Yeah, well, no. Oh. Wayfair turned out to be not a thing. Ah, I want um, that free furniture. Well, no, because... Just so, waiting for that plug. More about the Wayfair thing. So I, I had a plug with inside the company, but uh, they opened up a new warehouse up near me. But they brought in people that started. And then they're going to hire down the line once it's started. So it's like a two-year process just to get hired within that company at, at a new facility. But so I started looking for like logistical positions, which is what I studied in school. And uh, I found this company called MedSpeed, which is like a pharmaceutical transportation company. So like they transport drugs to and from the like hospitals and stuff like that to like labs. Yeah. They do a bunch of lab tests and like there's this transportation like pickup from A to B. And um, their headquarters are down in Austin. So, dude. Yeah, so like what? I would, yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. It might happen. Um, like the sound of this. In the, in the near future, like, so oh, I applied Andy, right now there, for a, um, it's a little foil. Like supervisor position to fine, start off in Dallas. It'll and explode, it's good. my way up and then come down here. Yeah, um, right now, we're, I'm stuck in a two-year yeah, lease full of toxins, bro. with my house that's chill. Okay. My, yeah. my cool dog that's not mine. <laughs> I'm my girlfriend, so it's fun. We, we were like talking earlier, or I, I guess Andy mainly, about how it's like hard to be sort of like the one person in your town and stay motivated to scooter. Yeah. Oh, do, you, yeah. do you like, are there other people you ride with there? So up in Dallas, we have a, I would say, a destructive scene. Because like there's just a bunch of shit talking between all these kids. Um, yeah. And then. There's like the three dudes I ride with. So shout out to Alex Pilar Woo! or Texmix214 on Instagram. Alejandro. Yeah. So he's uh, Alejandro. he's like Don't his dad considers me Don't as like his white brother. <laughs> so it's just like um, like I, I sort of took him under my wing when I first moved to Dallas, and then like we started like a little bit of crew. Like Colby Bond was in that too, and then when these schools like would come up and visit their families so Thea would come up from here 
come up from A&M to school. We all just got together, but so it was just Colby, Alex, and I, and now Alex and I just both work 50-hour work weeks, and I scooter when I can. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, normally I try to set like one to two days a week just to go out to a park or go film or something, mm. just after work, because waking, doing the, the 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. shift at my job. Mm. Yeah. So I, I come home, I'm just like, I just want to sit on the couch and not do anything. Yeah. But I do ride my scooter every day because instead of running my dog, I scooter my dog. <laughs> so I, I scooter him two miles every single day. So I it's still better get, than me, man. I still get my pushing in, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's cool. I live on a hill, so it makes it really easy. So I just hill just bomb. bomb it. I, I bomb the hill with my dog. And I just go around the block. And I just do it again. Do it twice. It's two miles. He's pooped by the end, and then I'm just sort of just uh, you know. Does he does he pull you up the hill? So my dog is like 85 pounds. He's huge. Um, is that a healthy 85? Yeah, he is. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's a healthy. No, no he's not he's fat. A, he's a great dog. This dog, lanky. Yo, he's about the size of Andy. If you guys yeah, have ever met him. He's lanky. He's, he's punched him in the face. Oh, yeah, he made me bleed. <laughs> yeah. He punched me in the face and like I bit my lip on the inside and I instantly started bleeding. Damn. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, diff- they're different <laughs> like, from cats. He didn't I, bite me. He just like popped up on me and then popped on, me in the mouth. Full on did a headbutt. He's like, "Fuck you, Andy!" <laughs> Boom. But uh, he's like, "You're not petting me fast enough." So, so it's a so he's a catahoula. So he's like a working dog. Yeah. So, like as soon as I go out of my garage and like I make a left onto my street, I say, "Get him!" Like so it's like one day he saw a squirrel at the end of the street yeah. i was like go get him and then he'll book it so uh, i'm like i don't have to do anything for about maybe about half a mile like yeah. I, I normally just let him pull me like you know how like a like you're behind like a, a boat or something when you're water skiing <laughs> the exact same thing but i'm a, i'm on a scooter i'm just like hell yeah and then we get to a, then we get to a turn and so i pull him and uh, uh he runs on my left hand side but then uh then we I, fig- I finally figured out that the sidewalk's smoother, smoother than the street, and then I've mastered the sidewalks, like where all like the little holes are and everything. So now we can just bomb sidewalks. <laughs> Have you jumped the wake yet? Yeah, dude. No, like <laughs> I full on like. Okay, so on the second lap with the dog, I'll like just let him walk himself. So I'll just like give him the leash and he'll carry it. Yeah. And I just you know just do tail ups on the way back to the house. <laughs> it's pretty fun. We so. come from all sorts of people. When we're together, we already lost our minds. Well, don't mess with me, cause she'll mess with you, and we'll give you hell before we turn you loose. Rolling deep. Family. Alright, that's it for episode 21. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to try to keep doing episodes like this just because I find that it's more organic and sort of interesting when I'm recording things in the field. I uh, enjoy it a little bit more. I've been playing around with the idea of recording and editing a sort of like like tighter edited episode in the field where it switches between uh, studio recordings and like in the field recordings. Um, Maybe like music and stuff like that, um, and I'm just I'm just not sure what it would be on, but I think that's maybe the next thing I'm interested in doing. So as always, 
thanks to Ben Bursel for the music in this podcast. And for all questions or suggestions, email thetandempod at gmail.com. And I will see you in the next episode.